It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The World in 10, your daily update on global news stories from The Times of London, brought to you in just 10 minutes. I'm Bhavani Vadi. And I'm Stuart Willey. Today, analysis on that rare meeting between the leaders of North Korea and Russia, devastation in Libya, plus the cost of dipping crisis, outrage over paying more for sources. talked yesterday about that armoured train carrying North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un on a very rare international visit to meet with President Putin. That meeting has now finished at a cosmodrome in Russia's Far East. The two leaders dined on duck and fig salad, crab dumplings, sturgeon and beef and washed it all down with a choice of Russian wines. And that meal ended with warm handshakes with Kim Jong-un having this to say. Here, Mr. Kim is offering his country's full support for what he calls the sacred fight against the West, seeming to offer unconditional support for Russia's actions in Ukraine and elsewhere, fighting imperialism. They said they talked about humanitarian issues and cooperation in aviation and transport. However, some have suggested that the talks were more about Russia sending food in exchange for weapons from North Korea. Now, this grand visit has led some analysts to describe a new axis of evil as countries set out their support for Russia. But could this axis of evil be overblown? The Times diplomatic correspondent Catherine Philp thinks the situation is maybe a little more ordinary. This does look like desperation. If you want some evidence of Russia's isolation, the fact that it's turning to North Korea for anything is evidence of that. Um, I personally would be more concerned not by the countries who are in Russia's corner, but the countries who are on the fence. Mm. You only have to look at the, the fact that G20 were unable to actually mention Russia in a statement about uh, Ukraine as evidence of quite how much hedging is going on in, in what we call the global south. Um, so I think, yeah, the fact that that lots of countries don't want to commit to turning against Russia and, and joining the kind of Western alliance against Russia is is far more concerning than uh, than the fact that uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un are, are meeting up in the in the Russian Far East.
The pictures are shocking. Utter devastation in Libya after floods hit the city of Derna. Two dams above the city collapsed after 16 inches of rain, and that water roared down, gouging a strip through the city early on Monday, destroying streets, houses, buildings, and thousands of lives. Yeah, it's tragic, and it's led to a minister for one of Libya's governments to say that the sea is constantly dumping dozens of bodies. The death toll is expected to rise and rise. Mm, and while we hear of so many natural disasters, rescue and recovery are complicated even further in Libya by the existence of those two rival governments, a result of the country's long civil war. One of the governments is recognised internationally. The other, led by a general called Khalifa Haftar, backed by Russia and Saudi Arabia. Well, earlier we heard from Ali Ibrahimi from the Atlantic Council, who says that even compared with the rest of Libya, this city is ill-equipped to cope. I think we're looking at a death toll, actually, of roughly 12,000 souls, according to a Libyan official I spoke to just now, and that could still rise. So the east of Libya, where the floods hit, is a historically underdeveloped area anyway. Uh, It was kept poor and in a state of bare subsistence by the Gaddafi regime for decades, because this was like the locus of the most fervent opposition to him. And actually, the revolution which brought him down originated uh, with political protests in the east. But since Gaddafi was overthrown, uh, the East has been, for almost a decade now, been ruled by a Gaddafi Mark II, a a Khalifa Haftar, who who styles himself after Gaddafi. So this is no coincidence, sadly. Uh, Like Gaddafi, Haftar has kind of weaponized development and and kept opposition readouts in a deliberate state of collapse. Uh, He spent years laying siege to Derna, starving and bombing the population uh, to crush uh, the last of the opposition to him. So they're in no position to deal with this cataclysmic event. Discover much more on the Libya story with a Times digital subscription, including interactive graphics showing the country's division, video and the stories of the volunteers and family members desperately searching for loved ones as the mud dries at thetimes.co.uk. So I'm in the heart of the Times newsroom with Gemma Fox, the assistant foreign editor, who's working on tomorrow's stories. Uh, Tell me what we've got coming up. Very interesting piece from Finland, how one company, it's an AI language model very similar to ChatGBT, they're actually using prisoners to help train up the programs. It's a very cheap labour force. And then from New York, a very fascinating tale. We've spoken to the daughter of one of New York's most prominent art collectors, and she describes how a robbery of their family home and the insurance money after that ended up propelling her mother to collect all this amazing artwork from Picasso, Rothko, Matisse, really interesting human story. And also from Australia, did you know that cockatoos are the only animals other than humans that have any sort of rhythm? So what they do is they make drumsticks out of branches that they then tap on the wood to woo potential mates and when they've got a good rhythm they even teach it to their offspring so Stuart when you buy fish and chips would you expect to pay more for the sauces that go on the side I have to say no I would not pay for more sauces years of living in the United States and I expect a handful an armful 
of ketchup, an armful of mayonnaise, all for nothing, because you're paying $15 for fish and chips these days. Mm-hmm. Well, celebrity chef Rick Stein has started charging an extra £2 for condiments, such as tartar sauce, mayo, mushy peas, gravy, and even something called go and curry sauce, which sounds mm. really nice. And that's on top of £15 for cotton chips. But that's not been going down well with his customers at his restaurant in Padstow in Cornwall. Indeed, if you start messing with the British culinary staple of fish and chips, you're going to get a response. Yeah. People are being expressing their opinion whether this is an outrageous or a reasonable response. Angelo Sato, the chef patron of Humble Chicken in London, gave his take to Times Radio. Uh, I mean, it depends. If you're doing mayo, ketchup and kind of... The- standard condiments that is insane but i mean you know peas kind of tartar sauce these things that are you know made fresh and they do cost the business then i think it's fair now rick stein is blaming food inflation and skyrocketing costs for that increase leading to this being dubbed the cost of dipping crisis As a mum, I have sat through my fair share of kids' concerts. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, even though they're my little darlings, sometimes it can be painful. Mm -hmm. But you grin and bear it because the kids are trying their best. But that's not been the case at the Rugby World Cup. No, personally, I'm not a fan of children's (laughs) children's choirs at all. As an uncle, I have sat through far too many of them. And actually, sitting through the New Zealand-France match at the Rugby World Cup a couple of days ago... That was uncomfortable watching. This recorded children's choir, thousands of children, have been performing the national anthems rather than having a a minor celebrity or an orchestra. And it's been pretty unpleasant. Have a listen. Now, I think that was the French national anthem, the the Marseillaise, I think. Um, You think? I think. You know, this issue seems to have unified the sport. Um, The kids' choirs have been heavily criticised for killing off the atmosphere before matches and basically undermining the build-up before kick-off. But now teams um, should be able to choose a different recording of their national anthem. There's been a change, and so they can have the option of having their national anthem without those children's voices. See, this is finally a result for the power of complaining adults. Um, It's not even just rugby figures who have been complaining about the singing. It's also been singers like Leslie Garrett, who has sung a few national anthems in her time. She complained that it was the speed that was a problem. And you could see that in the New Zealand-France match. It was speeding up and slow. The crowd was speeding up and slowing down. The children, on a recording, were not. Mm. And that's it from us. If you like what you heard on The World in 10 today, then why not take out a digital subscription? Head over to The Times website to discover more about the stories we've covered and much, much more. See you tomorrow. Bye for now.